Blog Talk Radio. Numerology is a system of ancient codes found in our birth information that gives insight to the lessons we each must learn in this lifetime. Elizabeth Summers is a medium and esoteric numerologer offering her knowledge of ancient wisdoms to help fellow travelers towards a more enlightened and peaceful path. Join her now for the magical world of numbers. Hi, good evening everyone. And thanks for visiting with me in the magical world of numbers. I am your host, Elizabeth Summers. I'm a master esoteric numerologer astrologer, and tarot interpreter. I kind of cover all the bases, don't I? The esoteric part is a specialty. I look at the numbers as a language, and I look at them from the soul's perspective. What is it that they are speaking to me about my clients? And so I welcome you from the beautiful state of Colorado this kind of cloudy, it's going to rain and snow, and I think we have a little bit of everything going on here, which is also very Colorado. Tonight I have several topics that I want to talk to you about. And so therefore, I think we should begin. We're at a very exciting energy time going on in the universe right now. Yes, I know. We have that big, those big solar flares that are bringing the aurora borealis way down even to the uh, southern part of our country, most interesting. But we're not going to talk about solar flares. We're going, not going to talk about aurora borealis. But we are going to talk a little bit about astrology and tarot and uh, numerology tonight. A whole variety of subjects. We are right here, right on the border of completing a total rotation, energetic rotation of the 12 houses, the 12 signs rather, of the zodiac. We are at the very tippy-toe end of Pisces. Pisces is such a gentle energy. It is totally different from the direction that we are all going to start to experience coming up here on the 20th. Now keep in mind, folks, there is no time in spirit. The calendar is a human being construct to keep everybody on the same page and keep them organized. We have a new moon solar eclipse on March 20th. March 20th, there's a lot of action going on up in the sky. We have this solar eclipse, which means the moon passes between Earth and Sun, and our Sun. It is also indicating 
that we are leaving the sign of Pisces and entering into the sign of Aries, which is now the first sign of the 12 signs to go around the zodiac again. On Friday, this coming Friday, March 20th, the solar eclipse is at 29 degrees Pisces. This is the last degree of the entire zodiac. Anything that occurs in someone's chart, astrological chart, or energetic in the universe, at 29 degrees, it's a biggie. 29 degrees of any sign is about completion, finishing things up. 29 degrees, there's 30 degrees that are, that are covered. 29 is like right there. So this is a very, very important time. And this 29 degrees of Pisces, and I've been talking to you when we started uh, March, uh, the end of February into March, and then throughout March I have talked to you over here, there, and everywhere about the sign of Pisces. Pisces are gentle signs. They're very intuitive. It rules the 12th house. It brings up a lot of subconscious issues intuitively, and and we're not going to talk too much more about Pisces because it's saying goodbye until we get this time next year, and we'll talk about it next year. But know that this solar eclipse, March 20th, 29 degrees, expresses your talents, and expresses your creativity. You might have a little upsurge of, you know, I think I want to do this. It brings you ultimate rewards. It is also the end of the line for a lot of situations. So it's a time of endings, but a time of beginnings too. So any solar eclipse, no matter what sign it's in, really triggers events. And this particular solar eclipse, on March 20th, is asking you, turn on your gifts. Activate your gifts. Use your talents or you're going to lose it. It's going to be one of those use it or lose it times in the universe. Think of yourself as a flower now. A flower that is beginning to bloom in spring. And turn your face to God's light white light of protection to help you, to shine on you. So solar eclipses, no matter what sign, but this one is particularly connected to spring, also begins things that maybe you have not consciously thought about before. Maybe an unanticipated job offer drops in front of you is an opportunity. It might require you to make a move, even cross-country. There can be some surprise happenings go on as we move into the new energy of Aries. This influence that you are under, I'm under, everybody's under, wherever they are on the globe, actually, and they're experiencing the solar eclipse, 
can also bring love into your life, can improve personal relationships. If you're working with a group, if you're a teacher, your children, if you're working as part of a team in a corporation, and your home life, you and your children and your partners are a team, there can be some really nice achievements go on under this new moon eclipse, new beginnings. Now, any new moon has about a two-week range. It is most intense three days before. It's already started to come in here energetically. And three days after, three to five, but most astrologers will say three. It is most intense. It's like it's little moonbeams are just shining on you and I. Anyone who is a water sign, for instance, cancer, or anyone who has the number 11 intensely in their numerological chart, when there's a new moon or a full moon and an eclipse is three times the power of a new moon or a full moon, difficulty sleeping is the norm. We're all water, the, mostly water as human entities, and the moons pull on us, and they pull on our subconscious, and it's restless, and it's tossing and turning at night. And so therefore, just be patient around the new moon, full moon, and certainly the eclipses, and it will pass. The farther away you get from the moons when they're at their peak, the weaker their energy becomes. And then we're in new moon energy, new beginnings, new starts. Farmers will begin to plant. They always watch the farmer's almanac, all of that. They watch the moons for planting. And then the closer we get to the full moon, which is in about two weeks or so, that full moon energy, which I'll talk to you about, is going to start taking hold of you and I, and it's going to bring completions of things that we tried to start around the new moon. I find it all very, very fascinating. So we have that eclipse. We have moved into the sign of Aries on the 20th to the 21st, and you talk about apples and oranges. Apples and oranges as going from Pisces into Aries. Oh, Lord, save us. Aries are ruled by Mars. And Mars is the planet of war. It's the warrior energy. It's the red planet. And the color red rules is the color of Aries. And I'm an Aries, and I've got a red car, and I have my cooking uh, my pots and pans are red. I don't wear red. Can you imagine with my red hair and a red outfit? I would look I would look like a light bulb. And so it's just a natural energetic brawl. So we're going to talk over the course of the next few weeks, couple weeks at least, some interesting things about the sign of Aries. And right off the bat, I'll tell you that Aries do not like to take advice. They are leaders. They have personality traits that think they know it all sometimes. And it gets them into a bunch of trouble. 
Generally speaking, and this is the sign that we're moving into, and even though you might not be an Aries, sun sign, rising sign, ascendant or moon sign, there are a lot of us out there, and you might be rubbing shoulders with us. When any soul is in its own sign, I am Aries, sun sign, I am now entering into the sign of Aries. That is when, if you are a Leo, you're moving into Leo in August, you are most energetic and powerful in the when you're in the sign of Leo. If you're a Pisces, you're most energetic and powerful in the sign of Pisces. When you are in your own particular sign, that is high energy for you and you need to carry off what it represents to you and make the feathers fly. Now, not everyone has the energies of Aries. Aries is a fire sign. Sagittarius is a fire sign. Leo is a fire sign. There's three of them. I call them blowtorches. They're not little sparkler energies. They are blowtorches. Aries characteristics, very adventuresome, a lot of energy. They're pioneering, very courageous. They go where others fear to tread. They have a dynamic energy. Very funny, very quick-witted, very sharp. It's, it's a highly energetic vibration. I think difficult to live with because a lot of times Aries will link up with more calmer uh, um, uh, signs, energies like Pisces or like Cancer or even Scorpios. And you talk about opposites attracting, a lot of compatibility issues can come up with one's a fire sign and one is not. Aries can be very impulsive, impatient, foolhardy. Make mistakes, make choices that leaves other people saying, what were you thinking? They can be very assertive. Now, assertiveness is different from aggressiveness. Assertiveness is putting out your energy and moving forward. Aggressiveness is more warlike. And who needs that? I would admit, Aries can be a little bossy. They're known for their honesty. They're known for their truthfulness. They might not be known for their prudence, but if you want straight answers and sometimes in a very logical, progressive explanation, I suggest you talk with an Aries. I I had a client a couple months ago who called me and ordered her reading. Uh, my, a lot of my clients, bless their hearts, call me every year around their birthday time for their updates. All right, 2014 was this. What is 2015? And then in 2016, they call back whatever. Well, I had to get a little giggles at this gal because she said to me, now, Elizabeth, I know that you try to soft pedal your information that you, you know, are, oh, 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 oh. and I thought, well, who did her reading? Because I'm not really known for that. And she said, but I want you to tell me the straight-up truth, exactly what's going on. I scratched my head when I got up there and I thought, I'm famous for my 
forthrightness of giving you information because my belief is now I, in some instances, have to really be gentle about how I present it. I agree. But you know, folks, my attitude, speaking personally, if I went to a lawyer, if I went to an accountant, I don't want them to be holding my hand. I want them to tell me what is it. Here's the deal. Now, what you do with the deal, how you handle your finances, how you handle the legal debts on you. And that's how I do my readings. I'm simply the mouthpiece. I'm the presenter of information that's based on ancient, thousands and thousands of year old information. And my attitude is, you know, if it has worked for gazillions of other people, I think it's going to work for you and me too. Some of the personality traits that uh, about Leah um, Aries is indeed they are leaders. They're born leaders. Following is a little tricky for them. They'll follow, and I'm not just speaking of me, I'm speaking in general, all Aries. So think of the kids. If you have a child, next week I'm going to talk about raising Aries children. Just be sure you have a lot of nerve pills uh, in the house to help you do that. Aries will follow a leader if they think that the leader has strength, has good intentions, is logic, and is smart, and sometimes smarter than the Aries thinks that they are smart. If it's someone that they think can lead them, they will follow. But finding that person can be a little tricky. They really don't wait for others to take the initiative. They just jump right in there. They plunge right into the work. They are, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Follow me. I'm not following you. You're just dilly-dallying around here. Aries are very daring, whether it's a male, whether it's a female. They don't waste time. And sometimes they act a little impulsive and impatiently. They don't waste time analyzing all the consequences that there might be. So they get themselves in messes sometimes because they don't think it through. They're very daring. It's like they jump off uh, cliffs without bungee cords kind of energy. Very adventuresome. Has an adventuresome streak to them. They'll jump in the car, whether it's male or female, especially if they are young Aries. If it's their sun sign, that sun sign really, in my opinion and my experience doing this, never found it in a book, but this is what I have come to the conclusion, that the person's outer energy, which is their sun sign, everyone says, you know, I'm a, I'm a Pisces, I'm a Taurus, I'm a this, I'm a that. Well, that's the outer shell of who you are. Who you really are as you mature and grow older is your ascendant, and I can help you with that when you have a reading because the older you get, the more you're going to become that particular energy. But Aries will jump in the car in Pennsylvania, <clears throat> very little money, and they'll just start driving cross country to San Diego. They just know they're going to make it, and they'll find a way, and they get it done. Very intelligent. Arians are naturally intelligent people. They have a very sharp wit about them. They have a sense of knowledge on a lot of subjects, a lot of subjects, which never fails to impress people. They're kind of like a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. 
spontaneous combustion certainly fits an Aries temperament and personality. Impulsive, intelligent, daring. They don't really think about consequences until the consequences get too much for them. And they can be very assertive. The interesting thing is that Aryans can also get and be very childlike. They have a tendency to get a little aggressive, a little assertive. If they don't find things working the way they want to. So one of the biggest qualities of Aries men is that they're go-getters. They're high achievers. Aries rarely feel stressed. Isn't that cool? They rarely feel stressed until their work is done and then they collapse on the sofa. This helps a lot when they are digging in in professions that they particularly like. You want to just get out of their way because they will achieve what they set their mind to. We'll talk a little bit more about Aries and children who are born in particularly April. Aries runs from March 20th to about April 20th in there. And early Aries, those that are born in March, the end of March, have been and still are going through very, very significant changes, sometimes that come very suddenly because the planet Uranus, which is surprise, 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 is sitting in the sign of Aries for a while and will be there for a whole bunch longer months. And those that are March-born Aries, from the 20th to the 30th in there, are the ones that are feeling it the most right now. Now, I'm on the tail end. I got a ways to go, praise the Lord, to deal with Uranus energy in Aries. Surprise, surprise. Adventure, adventure. Change of residence, change of location, change of partnership that comes out of the blue. So all my Aries listeners here tonight, get your dancing shoes on because we're moving into our fine. I thought I would share with you another astrology um, skill. No, that's not the right word. Category, situation, program called astrocartography. Astrocartography. Astro, astrology, cartography, maps. We are moving into uh, the spring selling season of people buying houses, people moving locations. And this is why I thought you might find this interesting this evening, just to touch on it a little bit. Astrocartography. 
on my blog, on my Magical World of Numbers blog tomorrow, I will uh, post the name of a good website and a good astrologer that is very skilled in astrocartography if you want to have it done for yourself. I personally do not do this for clients. Astrocartography is all done on the computer. It is computer programmed. And if you can think of a map, when you have astrocartography, the astrologer takes your month, day, and year of birth and your time and location of birth, puts it into the program, the special astrophotography program that was developed in 1977 by a man by the name of Jim Lewis. And out pops a map, not the round zodiac map, zodiac of the 12 signs and houses, no, no. Out pops this map from the program that has a lot of lines on it, vertical lines, some curvy lines, some lines that uh, might be horizontal. They look like the longitude and the latitude lines. Those lines indicate where your best opportunities are on the globe, not just the United States, on the globe. It's like a flat-looking globe. And these lines are all over the place. The astrologer will, who does astrocartography, will explain to you where your Jupiter line is, which is your money line, where your Venus line is, which is your love line. But astrocartography is helpful to many people who are interested in it because it's a relocation astrology. And it provides an opportunity for you to get a sense of what a place might be like for you according to your astrological information, even though you may have never been there. I think astrocartography is a good tool if you're planning to move or if you're planning to take a trip. Where is your most fun? Where is, where is the best location for your business? And on an astrocartography site that I'm going to share with you will be different locations. You'll get personalized reports if you're interested in this, and they'll be mailed to you. It's as simple as that, but it's all done on the computers. Now, there are different techniques that develop different results, but a fairly, you need to know your birth time. Even when clients come to me, to have their numerology reading where I bring in astrology and bring in tarot, if they have their birth location and time as close to it as possible, not I was born in the morning, that does not count. Because every 15 degrees longitude, it changes this, it changes, it changes. You need that in order to have any real true astrology done with me or an astrocartographer. So there's some basic themes that astrocartography, they take your natal information, your birth information. There's astrocartography that's called treasure maps that focus on certain areas of your life. 
where's your love and romance line? Location. Is it running through California? Is it over there in China? Is it in the Hawaiian Islands? Is it in the Caribbean? Your love and romance, best opportunities. Where's your best career opportunities? Where's community? Where's your spirituality that's developed in one area? How about instability? Don't go there. It's a little iffy. Where's the best place for you to communicate with your others? Where's your creativity part? Where's your best opportunity? Where will you be uh, where will you be expected to be very responsible and to focus your life? Now sometimes the patterns that come from astrocartography can cause challenges that can't be shed completely. But they can often be, you know, be made, if you're aware of it, less prominent, highlighting some very positive aspects. And this is the goal of relocation astrology called astrocartography. Now, I help people with this in the work that I do because they have ideas of, I think I want to move to Flagstaff, Arizona, or I'm getting a feeling that I want to move to Miami, Florida. Their higher self is drawing them or the job is taking them there. I say to them, Tell me two or three cities and states that you think you're going to, moving to. And I look at their chart that I have, their numerology chart. And I see if it aligns with their emotional self, their job self, their career self, their ultimate goal self. That I do. The name of the city I help them with to see if it energetically is compatible to them in various aspects. Once a person moves someplace into an apartment or a house, they call me and give me their house number. And I were talking about, continuing to talk about, the number three. This is a specialized kind of three tonight. So your house carries an energy about it. And I have never seen this not to be true. And I've lived in a bunch of houses. It's not that I create it. It just seems to take over the plantation, so to speak. If you go to my website, The Magical World of Numbers, and sign up for my free newsletters, All you have to do is sign up. Now, keep in mind, Constant Contact will send you a confirmation page, a link to click on. And I tell you, folks, it's very good for my humility because they usually wind up in people's spam. I get spammed. So check your spam after you sign up for the newsletters. Just click on that link and you're in. If you sign up for my newsletters and then send me an email giving me your house number, I'll send you back an attachment that will explain the energy of that house number to you, the house that you live in, or the apartment, or the condo. We're going to restrict it to that. We're not getting into the street and the apartment complex and the whatever. 
That covers everybody and his brother that's in that area. So apartment, house, condo. Sign up for my newsletter. Send me an email on the contact page. Tell me your house numbers, and I will send you the attachment as a little thank you for signing up for my newsletter. So we're talking about the number three, and a three house is fun. I mean fun. It can be a little chaotic if you have a lot of children. But the challenge here in a three house has to do with getting too excited, too enthusiastic, having too many friends. This is the fun number. This is the number of partying and celebration and talking and chaos and noise. It's like a whole bunch of hummingbirds in the house going every which way but loose. It is a messy house. So all of you who are living in a house that adds to the number three cannot be necessarily wacko about making everything neat because a number three is usually a messy house because it's about creativity. It's about music. It's about singing. It's about crayons and writing on the wall and the chalk on the, on the, on the sidewalk. And it's a creative chaos. Now, who would have trouble living in that energy would be someone who has a very strong number four energy of orderliness, A to B, B to C, C to D. Virgos might have a little bit of difficulty living in that house. Capricorns might have a little bit of difficulty. So a number three house in general is about creativity and openness and happiness and optimism and friendships, imagination and flat-out enjoyment of life. It's a happy house. Tonight we're going to amp it up a little bit, the number three. And we're going to talk about the letter L and the number 12-3 that is connected to the letter L. I mean, a three is a three is a three. And it's Generally speaking, what I just ran down for you, no matter where it is, in a personality, in a temperament, in a house, in a year, personal year that you're in, birthday number, okay, fine. But in the work that I do, I also interpret numbers 1 through 78 that correlate to the ancient tarot cards. And the letter L... It's the number 12, which adds to a 3. The 12 has the number 1 connected to it and the number 2. It has to do with independence and partnership, leading and following. In tarot cards, the number 12 equates to the hangman card. Now, if you ever saw the old Rider Waite deck, and I use the ancient deck, the Rider Waite deck, that was really designed by a woman, interestingly enough, years ago, artistically. The hangman is hanging upside down on a crossbeam by one leg. Upside down on a crossbeam, tied on a crossbeam by one leg, and he's saying to himself, did I get into this situation? The purpose of the hangman card 
has to do with reversing that energy upright. It has to do when it appears as a time-oriented, calendar-oriented code in a in that kind of a numerology reading, it'll be in a person's life taking two steps forward, one step back. It's kind of a waiting period. But if the hangman part is about letting go, having an emotional release, accepting what is, ending struggle, stop banging your head against the closed door, I'm always telling you. It's about giving up control. It's about accepting God's will. It's about turning the world around, about changing your mind, which is what I want to talk about here. It's about reversing your values, your old priorities about yourself and turning them upright. A little attitude adjustment. The hangman card, number 12-3, is about looking at your life from a new angle. It's about upending, turning that dude upside down, upright. Letting go of the old Doing an about face, not being a martyr, not putting yourself down, but taking one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. In esoteric numerology, the number three is about your values. Values, values, values. And the number 12, three is about resetting your values. Well, attitude adjustment. The number three is about self-worth, self-esteem, valuing yourself first. As Shakespeare wrote, to thine own self, be true. Do not live your life according to other people's value systems. The shoulda, woulda, couldas which a lot of us do, because we want to be light. You know, we don't want to be salmon swimming upstream with all the struggle. Forget it. Your soul is going to force you to look at your life. And the letter L in a name emphasizes that. If the letter L is in your first name, It will use material situations particularly to reset your material value systems. If the L is in your middle name, which is your emotional suitcase coming in here, your soul will use emotional interactions with others to reset your emotional value to yourself. If the L appears in your last name on your birth certificate, The reset is in your spiritual attitude, your attitude towards intuitiveness, your attitude towards mediumship, which I talked about last week. Significant emotional attitude adjustment through reversals of situations in your life. Things are going great, 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 and all of a sudden you hit a wall. Always remember, obstructions are in your life, appear in your life, occur in your life, 
to get you to stop whatever you're doing, thinking, behaving, and look for different directions. Obstructions, I always see the metaphor as a crossing guard that jumps out in front of traffic with her big stop sign that forces all the energy flow of the cars to stop. Obstructions are in your life to get you to think in new directions. Attitude adjustment about your values. It has to do with the drawing in of energies. We're all bundles of energies, the universal law of attraction, birds of a feather flock together, which is tonight's theme. And it's important to understand that your soul will draw to you people, places, situations that can even be in your life now are from previous incarnations and that energy is in your subconscious that's coming up and being revealed and drawing in maybe some not so nice people, places, situations, or some that are nice. For instance, know that when this letter L or the 12, which is in found in the readings that I do for 2015, 14, whenever, the transit readings, your soul is going to bring to you in your face, emotionally and environmentally, people, places, and situations that ask you the question, Look at this. And if you feel resistance, some just is right here, the stop sign, you better pay attention. Your soul is saying to you, look at this. Is this what you think you deserve? Deserve. A person's outside world is a mirror of their inside world. And we draw to ourselves by soul agreement experiences of a value system that needs to be readjusted a little bit, that maybe is a reflection of our value system that we had with that person, with that situation in 609, 2000 BC, 1242. Who knows? Who cares? But the energy is in your subconscious coming up to be reset like the hangman, to turn it upright, to have an attitude adjustment, It's not for your highest good and your greatest joy. So wherever there's resistance in your life, pay attention. It's the stop sign. Now, there are also times when our soul will bring to you, bring to me, bring to everybody involved, people, places, and situations that are wonderful, happy, lollipops. That's a good thing. That's also a reflection of your current value system, what you think you deserve. And sometimes when people are readjusting themselves value-wise, their soul will bring to them mirrors of how they are supposed to be. And it's like your soul is saying to you, like that, like that, see? There's an example of what we're trying to get you to understand, trying to get you to be like, like that. How does that feel? Well, it feels pretty good. It's like a broken in little cozy flip-flop slipper. I feels good. Your soul says, yeah, it does. Try it. You'll like it. 
Well, I don't know. I never did. Try it. You'll like it. Readjust that hangman. And so sometimes we can't figure out what are our values. I mean, what are, what are my values? How do I decide if something is valuable? And I'll post this on my blog tomorrow too. There are six steps. The first, you have to use your free will. You've got to decide to do it. No one's going to have a gun in your head saying, dance the Irish jig, if you don't want to dance the Irish jig. It has to be a free will. I choose this freely. I freely choose to marry this person. I freely choose to take this job. I freely choose to move to Chicago, Illinois. Free will, number one. Number two, you have to have several choices, not just one. You know, date a couple guys, a couple gals. Try different foods. Try on different dresses. These six steps can be applied to the most serious things and the most frivolous things. You have to have several choices to exercise your free will about. From those several choices, step three, is consider the consequences of each one of those choices. Consequences, consequences, Aries, Don't think through consequences. And this is one of the things, one of the best things to do in training your children and helping your children is giving them choices and alternatives and to consider the consequences of each one of those choices and alternatives. Because not all children think those things through. They want what they want what they wanted, and if you don't get it, they throw temper tantrums. And temper tantrums have consequences. That was the free will choice. Step three is consequences of each one of the choices. From each one of those choices, one's going to pop out to be the best because you're going to be willing to use your free will to consider the consequences and do the consequences. And therefore, what you do with the consequence, number four, step four is you act on it. You do something about it. Behavior is believable is one of my favorite mottos in life. Not I love you, but I don't do anything for you. I don't help you around the house. I sit on the couch with potato chips. But I love you. Behavior is believable. You have to act on whatever you have chosen. Do something about it. Just don't jabber jaw about it. Action on your choice. Number five, you have to make it public. And this is where being involved in affairs when you are a married person, marriage is a contract, having an affair but never leaving the motel room indicates that that person that you're having the affair with, for instance, is really not valuable to you because you're not making it public. Oh, you're acting on it. But the whole thing falls apart in step five. You have to make it public. I love this dress, but I'm only going to wear it around the house because I'm embarrassed to wear it to my mother-in-law's. 
not really a dress that is valuable to you. Step five, make it public. Then after a period of time, after a period of time, huh, you go over steps one, two, three, four, and five again on whatever you were choosing. And if, step six, if you're still willing to repeat the same choice and consequences and act on it and make it public, after a period of time, that decision is a value. That is a value. That person is valuable to you. Well, you know, I've been married for 20 years, and knowing what I know now, after 20 years of marriage, would I still marry him? Ah, yes or no? Marry her, yes or no? Would I take the same job? Would I choose the same lifestyle? Repeating your choice after a period of time. Now, you don't have to wait 20 years. I mean, you can wait a week, you can wait a month, a year, whatever. But time has to lapse in there for you to decide and have something that's really of value. Is the six-step way to decide and to create and to use as the life choices that something is valuable. If you don't, if you get stopped at number three, drop it. You get stopped at number four, it's not a value. If you go through all five and then repeat it at number six, that is part of who you are. That is part of your belief system. It is part of your value system. And no one is going to change it. You will not give your power away to other people shoulda, woulda, coulda, telling you how to live your life. We don't do those things. We don't do those things. The hangman card is about attitude adjustment. It's about taking the thought patterns, the behavioral patterns that are making us unhappy and taking our power, our emotional power first, The emotions are the force field of the soul. And when the soul wants to make some changes, it's going to get itchy. It's going to start setting up emotional feelings. Some just isn't right here or this really annoys me or agitation or whatever. That is how your soul gets to you, and many people, especially those that have a lot of fours and eights in their, uh, in their birth name and in their toolboxes coming in here, totally discard that. Totally discard those feelings. And that's unfortunate because their situations become extremely difficult in order to get them to hello. Would you pay attention to your feelings? Because fours and eights are not a feeling energy. Three is, six is, nine is, two is, one, fours, and eights. They need a little bit of help. And their soul 
creates emotional and environmental situations to crack open that heart chakra, that feeling chakra, to crack open that walnut, hard shell of a walnut, to get into the meat of the soul, of the feeling of the soul. Who needs that aggravation? But there are nutcrackers out there for sure. You know, when I do a reading for my clients, whom I love my clients, my friends, all you need to provide, which is all I ask, is your full birth certificate name because that's where all the codes are. That's where the secrets are of your past life, of your past experiences that you're bringing into this lifetime, into this lifetime. That's what I decode. That's where the language is. Birth certificate name. Well, I have people say, you know, well, I'm adopted and I don't know my... All right, we'll use the adoptive name. And while I'm on that subject, every soul chooses its parents from its karmic group, which is like your sorority and your fraternity brothers in the spirit world. You've been hanging out with lifetime after lifetime. And some agree to help you get into human, but they don't hang out. They move on to other things. And when there is a child that is adopted, adopted, it is the journey and the choice of the soul that those adoptive parents are the ones that it really wants to play the role of mother, father, and to teach it its values and to be its sounding board, and they're called imprinters. So all of you who are adopted out there, be in joy. Do not feel abandoned by your birth parents. It is all by soul agreement. And the adoptive name brings in additional energies as a support system. It's actually technically called an angle of development. But I have had several adoptive clients who experience abandonment issues, and I say to them, you are very blessed, very blessed. Those souls that agreed to raise you and imprint upon you a value system that then as you mature and grow older, use your free will choice to continue to be like or not to be like and run down all six of those steps, they agreed to do that for you. You're very blessed. So when you contact me, and all you have to do is go to my website, Magical World of Numbers, look over the toolbar, go to numerology readings. There's a whole page. Select the numerology reading that I may help you with and click on it and go to the contact Elizabeth on the toolbar clear to the right. Fill out the form, send that to me, and I get back to you, and I'll schedule your reading. I see my people within two weeks, usually, of, of, um, of uh, the uh, time of scheduling. Now, I will tell you, I'll be out of town for a whole week in the middle of April because I'm celebrating my birthday. And, yes, it takes a whole week to do that. What can I say? What can I say? I don't mess around every year. It's a whole weekly celebration. So if you want a reading real soon, I'd get 
in touch with me and I will be happy to get you uh, in before the middle of April. And everything is recorded. It's nothing scary. It's very empowering. And I've been doing this work since 1988. I know. I am a very, very young numerology reader. Uh Yes, I am. Believe in yourself. Know that you are divine, that you have chosen to come into human form to spiritually grow, which can include a flip-flopping of the old value systems and belief systems connected to your own value, to yourself, This is a new day. We're in the Aquarian age, the age of inner guidance and inner knowing and inner belief system. You have value. You think what you think you create. You believe in yourself to thine own self be true. And I want you to have courage. Have courage of the Aries. From Ralph Waldo Emerson, this is attributed to him. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, whatever you do, you need courage. Whatever course you decide upon, there's always someone to tell you that you're wrong. There are always difficulties arising which tempt you to believe that your critics are right to map out a course of action and follow it to the end, no matter what, requires some of the same courage that a the same courage that a soldier needs. Have courage. Believe in yourself. Reset that hangman. Turn your attitude upwards and move forward in your life. And so until we meet again, and thank you so much for visiting with me, I will visit with you next week with a whole new subject. And until that time, know that I send you God's white light and his peace and his harmony. Know that I wish you all good things. And thank you so much for visiting with me one more time in the magical world of numbers. Thank you.